Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Sunday, August the 6th. And welcome to our commentary. Welcome from a very hot North Texas, once again. Uh, temperatures over 100, and it's going to be that way, I guess, for another week. So uh, what a night to play soccer. And I mentioned that because the big star, uh, Messi from Argentina, is going to be playing tonight in North Texas. He is now playing for a team out of Miami, and they're going to be playing here uh, in Frisco, Texas, which is to the north of, of Dallas. And all the tickets are sold out. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of support for him, a lot of emotion, a lot of people paying a big, big money to go see him play. I mean, I saw a, a photo of the outside of the, the stadium and the lines are long. People are very excited. So we hope it all goes well for Mr. Messi and all the fans tonight who are showing up to play. Again, he is, if not the greatest, certainly one of the top two or three greatest players in the world. And I was happy to see him come to play in the United States because that gives the American uh, soccer league or North American or major league soccer, whatever they call it, it gives that particular league a lot of credibility to have a player like like Messi playing here. So I hope it all goes well, and I hope that Mr. Messi is not uh, too too shocked, if you will, by the heat. Uh, it's going to be very hot out there when they take the field uh, tonight in Frisco, Texas. So we wish him well, and all the fans who uh, have turned out to play, we wish them all fun, and I hope they have a great night uh, together. Speaking of soccer, before we get to our topic today, speaking of soccer, the U.S. women's team was eliminated about 12 hours ago. I happened to catch uh, the last couple of minutes of the game, and then, of course, when it went into into penalty kicks, and, you know, it was a tough, it was a tough day for the American team. It was a whole, a very difficult tournament, really. For the American team, you know, as I understand it, they were the favorites, but they ended up uh, barely getting into the to the elimination round and today losing in penalty kicks uh, to Sweden. And if you happen to see how they lost, you know, that uh, it was one of those plays that was reviewed by the referee and the ball just got in by a millimeter. I mean, it was incredibly close. And that, of course, was one of the penalty kicks that Sweden hit to win uh, to win the game. So we wish uh, the U.S. women's soccer team better luck. There's a lot of conversation about this team. We've talked about it before. One of the problems that I had with this team was their whole attitude about the national anthem. Not all of them, but let's just say many of them who just kind of stood there in almost a uh, disrespectful way when they were playing the national anthem. And I know a lot of people didn't like that back home. So maybe maybe the soccer federation or whoever runs these teams uh, has an opportunity to look at all of this beyond soccer, and, and and maybe they can start playing soccer and focusing more on soccer rather than just uh, trying to be political philosophers. We don't need political philosophers on our soccer team. What we need is good soccer players who are going to go out there and give the best for their country. So, again, a major disappointment, major disappointment for the U.S., 
in this tournament because they were the favorites. They were clearly one of the top two or three favorites. They were not supposed to go out this early, but uh, but they did. And that, of course, sometimes that'll happen in sports. It's not the first time that the top team has been eliminated or the top team has not performed as well. But what I kept hearing, you know, what I kept hearing from some of the analysts um, who were talking about this, they feel that this is kind of a generational thing, that they're going to have to bring in some new players and maybe take a look at uh, – uh, at, at a different team going down the road. So whatever they do, we wish them well. We wish them well, but a very sad ending to the U.S. women's soccer team today. I think they were playing in Australia. And, man, by just a, a millimeter, uh, that ball got in and gave uh, Sweden uh, the victory. You know, you wonder if there had not been replay with that ball had been reversed or that call reversed. I don't think so. I don't think so because the initial – uh, the initial reaction of the referee was that it was not good. And then when they saw the replay, uh, they were able to see that it just got in by uh, a tiny bit. So good luck. Good luck to the ladies as they get ready for the next tournament uh, whenever that happens uh, That happens to be. I have a post over at the American Thinker today remembering the life and times of Lucille Ball. Now, most of you remember Lucille Ball from the I, have a, from the I Love Lucy show. Well, she was born on this day in 1911, passed away in 1989, and became one of the great, great uh, ladies of comedy of the 20th century. And the post that I uh, wrote, it was called uh, Lucy Was Funny in Spanish, Too. And it's because I have seen her show in Spanish. The few times that I would travel for business and I would be, let's say, in Mexico or a few times I went to Venezuela, I would actually watch you know, from time to time, they would run I, I Love Lucy, and they would run it in Spanish. They would be dubbing, you know, dubbing in the uh, the Spanish. And it was so hilarious for me, at the very least, to watch this, because I had seen most of the shows in English. So when you would hear the translation into Spanish, sometimes it was really funny to hear the, the way it was being translated, the choices that were being used. Uh, the word choices, that is, that were being used to translate this or this or that. I'm sure you remember that hilarious program where she and Ethel uh, decided to go out and work at a factory, at a chocolate factory, you know, when they're picking the chocolates uh, off the whatever that was, you know, going by, whatever you call that machine, that was going by with the chocolates and the supervisor would come in and and yell at them because they were not going fast enough. I mean, it was one of the greatest comedy scenes on television. And all of this was very funny in English, of course, when I first saw it. But it was also very popular in Spanish when I had a chance to see the Spanish version of, of the show. And, and what I always found fascinating about Lucille Ball is that she was known everywhere you went. Everywhere you went, you mentioned Lucy and everybody knew who you were talking about because she had that kind of impact on uh, people all around the world. I guess comedy will do that. Comedy has a way of, of making people like you. And there's no question that Lucille Ball was that kind of lady. So uh, as I wrote in my post over at the American Thinker today, you can also check it at Babalu uh, Sunday night. Um, you know, Lucy was funny in whatever language she was speaking. She was just hilarious in whatever language she was speaking. And those crazy things that she did with Ethel, they were just as funny in Spanish as they were uh, in English. So check out my post over at the American Thinker today, or if you 
If you follow me on Babalu, check it over there uh, Sunday, Sunday night. Well, as you know, this past week, there were several indictments. In fact, there have now been several indictments against President Trump. And one of the things that keeps coming out is that a lot of Americans think that these indictments are more political than anything else. And the reason that they think that is because they're, the country is very divided, for one thing. And there's a sense of a, a double sense of justice, that there's a double standard of justice. You know, if your name is Hillary Clinton, you can get away with, with a private server. You can get away with all kinds of violation of document rules. But if your name is Donald Trump, we're going to send the FBI to your house. We're going to, you know, indict you and try to put you in jail for years. And people out there are very skeptical of our judicial system. And I think it's one of the, in my opinion, it's a terrible crisis that the country faces. And that's why uh, I have always said, and I've said it uh, on this video before, that I think the smartest thing that the attorney general should have done with respect to the document is to say, we're not going to prosecute anybody. There were problems. And we're going to ask the Congress to, to basically confirm or to explain a little bit better in an amendment uh, to the 1978 document law we want the Congress to define things so that from now on, presidents and everybody know what uh, exactly the rules are. But the rules were not applied equally. They were not applied equally to Hillary Clinton and obviously not applied equally to Donald Trump. And I think this creates a sense in the country that there is uh, a double standard of justice. And it's the same thing with, you know, what is Donald Trump is being indicted for right now with respect to the 2020 election. I mean, many of us, many of us remember when it was very fashionable to say that the president was illegitimate. How many times did you hear that, that President Bush and then President Trump were illegitimate? I'm sure you remember all of those editorials and you remember those videos on TV during 2016 calling on electors not to cast their votes for Donald Trump. Well, um, that was done to Donald Trump. I'm sure all of you remember the Russia investigation. All of that was done to Donald Trump, and nobody has paid any price for any of it. So a lot of Americans look at the, at the selective indignation now, and they go, oh, wow, everybody's excited now because Trump is questioning uh, the election results. But, you know, we saw this movie before when they were questioning the election results of 2000, 2004, and 2016. In fact, the last three Republican presidential victories led to many Democrats saying that Bush was illegitimate and then Trump was illegitimate. So we've seen this movie. We've seen this movie. We don't like it. And uh, nobody got indicted before. And I think a lot of people are saying, why are they indicting Trump now? So it's the, that's just the way the country is right now. We're very politicized and uh, People are very angry about all of this, and that's why it would have been a heck of a lot better for the country if these indictments had never had never been uh, issued. One quick thing on this day in history, on this day back in 1945, this is the day that the atomic bomb was dropped on, on the city of Hiroshima, obviously killing 100,000 people and doing tremendous damage to many people as well as the city the city itself. It was probably the most difficult decision that any American president had to make, but it was the right decision because you had to end the war. You had to send a message to Japan that we were not going to be fighting forever, that this war had to end. And uh, I think Hiroshima, plus the bomb on Nagasaki a few days later, delivered that message and Japan surrendered, and that was at least uh, the end of the war. So you think of all the casualties 
that would have happened if the United States was forced to invade Japan. That would have been a bloody, a bloody invasion that would have taken probably a lot more lives than what happened in Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Again, very painful decision. Those are the kinds of painful decisions that presidents have to make. But I think Harry Truman was right in 1945, and today he, you know, again, I think he that decision was correct. Uh, Hiroshima. 1945. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. I hope you have a great weekend and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye everybody.